You're listening to the Inbound Logistics Podcast with today's guest, Carolyn Haig, Supply Chain Sustainability Manager for Whirlpool Corporation. Smartway Shipper Program is a voluntary public-private effort between the EPA and over 3,500 companies worldwide, including the Fortune 500. Carolyn Hegg, Supply Chain Sustainability Manager for Whirlpool, joins us to talk about how Smartway helps Whirlpool collect and use key freight data points in ways that help improve supply chain efficiency, contribute to sustainability goals, and improve their bottom line. Joining me this morning for the Inbound Logistics Podcast is Carolyn Haig, Supply Chain Sustainability Manager for Whirlpool Corporation. Cara, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for having me. Great. Cara, uh, can we get uh, an introduction to who you are, a little bit about your background, uh, what brought you into the industry, and maybe a little bit about your work with Whirlpool? Sure. Uh, I joined Whirlpool in 2004 as an export specialist in our consumer appliance care organization, so they're really the service parts piece of the business. Um, from there, I had increasing roles of responsibility and eventually became the export manager out of that division um, at the warehouse. In 2015, I joined the transportation management team responsible for the movement of raw materials and finished goods to the major appliances across the North American manufacturing operations. My current role, I'm part of the supply chain team that's responsible for the company's $550 million transportation network. Our team manages all modes of transportation, including small parcel, truckload, less than truckload, dedicated fleets, intermodal, rail, ocean, and air. So I primarily focus on the truckload, dedicated fleets, intermodal, some of those larger movements. Um, Our team also manages a third-party lead logistics provider that helps and supports us uh, from network engineering and the day-to-day activity of load tendering, uh, carrier management, that kind of stuff. Uh, I also have the responsibility for reporting to EPA SmartWay and working with our cross-functional groups to develop supplier strategy and sourcing strategies, as well as load optimization to minimize carbon emissions in the transportation space. Um, I did my undergraduate bachelor's degree in liberal arts from Purdue University and finished my master's business administration in global supply chain from Indiana University Kelly School of Business. Great. And now you are the sustainability manager. So I know in 2016, you received the Smartway Excellence Award for Whirlpool's sustainability efforts. Can you explain to our audience what those efforts were that were recognized by Smartway? Yeah, we were very excited and honored. Um, uh, 2016, we received the award. We actually received it announced this past October for 2017. So that makes three years in a row that we've been honored with the Smartway Excellence Award. It's very exciting. Um, Yeah, so the Smartway Excellence Award represents EPA's it's the EPA's highest recognition for demonstrating leadership in the uh, freight, supply chain, energy, environmental performance. So the program recognizes shippers and carriers who work to reduce emissions. We were recognized as one of 11 companies to receive the distinction this past year uh, in the large shipper category. So those were companies that move more than 500 miles annually. And you guys actually have a pretty long history with the EPA. Can you explain a little bit about that? Yeah, uh, we have a long, exciting history uh, with EPA. In, in general, our company, we've always had sustainability in our history and social responsibility embedded in the company culture. 
um, and figuring out how to do the best, uh, you know, best operations to get our products to market. So when EPA launched their program in 2004-2005 time period, it was immediately of interest to us and we got involved early on. But it was still kind of that learning period, uh, and at the time, our network had a lot of legacy systems, and some of our data was decentralized at the time and kind of evolving. But really, that things really changed, I think, for a lot of shippers and a lot of companies when we hit the recession period. And just before the recession, Whirlpool did an acquisition of uh, Maytag brand and associated brands with Maytag. So that was around 2006, and then 2007, we saw the economy start to shrink, um, and that put a lot of challenges on us. And that's really where our uh, partnership with SmartWay started to show a lot more value to us to understand how we could leverage the data and the information and the playing field that SmartWay is creating to support us um, as we right-sized our own network and figured out what to do in that space. So are there other ways that the SmartWay program really contributes and kind of shapes Whirlpool's supply chain operations? Yeah, so it really it gives us a platform to bring common language and measurable approach to our carrier base. So as of 2007, we set a goal of moving 50% of our volume on SmartWay carriers, and we were able to achieve and, and go exceed that goal at the time. Today, we're moving on 99.7, 99.0 high numbers, depending on wow. which snapshot of the year. That SmartWay program gives us some confidence in the emission requirements of those carriers to begin with. So our sourcing strategy shifted that we require a carrier to be a SmartWay partner um, prior to even participating in a sourcing event with us. And, and that just helps us to make sure that they can meet the requirements that we lay out at the time. Uh, around that same time period, as we started getting more involved with SmartWay and understanding the, the material that they were bringing and sharing uh, about these carriers, we really expanded our knowledge of what was what the uh, fuel efficiency possibilities were of the equipment in the market, and we started to participate in a fuel recovery program. Um, so we that gives us a chance to compensate our carriers based on what the uh, fuel the fuel they're actually consuming and what their equipment's capable of running. So as we continue to push them to have more efficiency, uh, it works hand in hand with the SmartWay program. That's great. Now, you um, mentioned earlier uh, about the challenges that the economy brought to you guys. And the same breath you talked about uh, achieving all of these goals. How do you balance those goals in light of challenges such as something we call supply chain impatience, where customers are used to getting their products in hours instead of days and can track it every step of the way? Yeah, that's a great question. It continues to be a challenge and, and will be, you know, it's just the world we live in now. And, you know, five, six years ago, 60% of our product was shipped from the factory direct. Um, today, that has shifted significantly as our trade customers look to us to house that inventory, which means we have to push that inventory deeper into our network and get it closer to that in consumer because consumers do expect it within hours or, or the next day or, and immediately. They want to know where it is. Mm -hmm. So that's really um, been a, a fun challenge, but a challenge for us as we manage that uh, through the whole supply chain. Today we manage 80% of our freight, so from raw materials, out to the end consumer, including that home delivery experience. Um, so it really comes down to 
good network design, understanding where we need to place products so that we don't have to move it again, uh, and getting it there and, and making sure that we have the availability where we need it. So what are some of the strategic approaches that Whirlpool uses to advance more sustainability in the uh, in the shipping program? I would really break that down into probably three buckets of our approach, which is the carrier relationship, operations, and then our network management piece. So I talked a little bit earlier about um, how we require carriers to be smart way partners. That really starts at the beginning of that. And then also our aggressive fuel program layers in there um, because the carrier has to meet and have the equipment in order to make that fuel reimbursement program work for them. We also focus a lot on mode conversion. So anywhere we can, we try to put uh, material onto the rail network because it has that lower emission footprint. And we actually are strong have a strong presence in that space in the in the long haul mode mix. Ninety percent of our shipments over a thousand miles hit the rail network either by boxcar or by intermodal, and then thirty percent of our finished goods lanes over five hundred miles also moved by rail. So it's rail is an integral part of our network and allows us to be very aggressive at redu- reducing our total fuel consumption. We also pay attention to regulatory changes and how that's going to affect the carrier relationship so that we can get in front of being a partner to our carrier as they manage through things that are coming at them from a regulatory perspective. In that warehousing and operations space, we spend a lot of time looking at loadability, so how much product we can fit onto a trailer. Um, the puzzle pieces are complicated, and moving large appliances uh, can also be challenging. It's not the same, you know, same type of equipment to move a refrigerator as it is to move a microwave, for instance. So there's just some operational challenges there. So we focus a lot on on the, the load patterns, on that packaging design, to ensure we can um, get it to the end consumer and good as good quality, but still get as many as possible onto that move and reducing our total number of trucks on the road. So that's very important. And we, we set KPIs for the trailer utilization at our warehouses and across the network. We, operationally, we also look at drop and hooks, so reducing idle time with carriers. We use drop and hooks, so they bring in a trailer pool and they pull out a full trailer. That's keeping a, you know, that's keeping a driver moving. It's not letting the trailer sit there idling. Um, it's keeping movements and the flow going. Uh, we also measure trailer turn time at our locations. We also spent some time measuring trailer turn time at our trade partners because that's, that's impacting our carriers. It's impacting our total carbon emissions and delaying of getting that product out. So we try to work with our trade part- partners to understand how, you know, what we can do to change our schedules or work with them so that we're both successful um, at turning those trailers. Uh, another project that we, we work on and we call the Shipper of Choice project, and there's a communication board. So if a, tri- if a driver does show up in one of our lots, um, they can go to that Shipper of Choice board that's posted and find out where the nearest uh, vending might be or rest area or something. So they're not just sitting there waiting and idling in a truck waiting on us. We're you know, trying to give them information of what's around if there is a situation that we've delayed something. In the network management piece, we really are looking at that supply chain optimization to figuring out where to put our warehouses is always a challenge because there's a huge right. decision to commit to brick-and-mortar building in space, 
but we've got to get our material where you know as close to the consumers as possible. So, um, you know, in 2015, we opened up a distribution center near the Chicago area. This year, we've got one coming online later this year out in California. And then there's other areas of the, of the U.S. network that are popping up as likely um, as we see growth. But that's just, you know, getting that best location is so important to minimizing the movement um, and making sure it gets where it needs to go. Our deployment teams and inventory planning teams also work very hard to determine the best position of those inventory and the, uh, of the inventory in the network. And we have a lot of uh, defined rigor and process controls to when it has to move out of region. So if it gets deployed to Atlanta and it really needs to be in Texas, that's not something we just flip a switch and do. There's a lot of rigor and decision-making before we move it because we don't want it on the road if it doesn't have to go on the road. Now, if you look ahead, are there any predictions uh, on how the supply chains are going to continue to evolve, especially with more and more focus on sustainability. Yeah, I think that we've seen more advancements in electronic trucks and autonomous vehicles and whirlpools. Are, we've already had some conversations and interest in doing some early testing as those technologies come out into the market. Our supply chain uh, has a lot of variation, which is fun because you can experiment with those new technologies, uh, whether you're talking about a small shipment, a parcel shipment, or a large full trailer of of refrigerators and of that nature, it offers a lot of variability and a lot of unique things to experiment and learn as they create those new technologies. The other thing kind of out in the market that, that we're excited to get our arms around and really utilize is advancements in uh, visibility. So advancements in knowing where your shipment is all the time. You know, consumers start to have that perception that they want to see where their shipment's moving, and that trickle down not only, uh, you know, across the supply chain. So whether it's a supplier, internal process partner, uh, trade partner that we work with, everyone wants to know where the where the trucks are and when they're going to arrive and how we react to that. So our team um, is expanding our capability in that space from a visibility perspective and our challenge in front of us this year is really what do we do with that information because once you see it it implies you're going to do something differently and sometimes if a truck's broken down on the side of the road that right now we don't live in a world where that's an immediate answer how do you get it moving and still get to that consumer on time Right. So that, that's an exciting space. Um, the other thing that I think in the in the industry that's fun to watch that we're also learning about is how uh, blockchain technology can shape and change things. So mm. it'll be interesting to see how applying the distributed ledger will change the game and being able to track the supply chain life cycle and how that fits into all of these existing pieces of the supply chain uh, world. That's great. So where can our audience go to find out more about Whirlpool and your continuing uh, EPA SmartWay efforts? Yeah, the best source would just be going to our website, which is whirlpoolcorp.com. There's material there, and our sustainability reports are published there um, as well. And then the SmartWay website has great resources, too. Um, I think you can even dig down and get specifics uh, by carrier, by um, shipper, about their performance. So those are really good resources. Great. Carolyn Hegg, thank you so much for taking some time to sit down and talk with us. Uh, appreciate it, and best of luck with all of your uh, SmartWay efforts. Thanks so much. I appreciate it. Inbound Logistics Magazine is the information leader in supply chain and logistics management. 
Start your free print and digital subscription today by visiting bit.ly slash getil. That's bit.ly slash get underscore il and stay ahead of the 3PL game. Inbound Logistics Podcast is a production of Inbound Logistics Magazine. For the most in-depth information around logistics, transportation, and supply chain practices, get your free print and digital subscription at inboundlogistics.com slash subscribe. Connect with us via LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube for the most current developments in the industry. If you'd like to leave us some feedback or have a topic you'd like to see covered in a future episode, call our dialogue line at 888-878-3247 or leave us an email at podcast at inboundlogistics.com. I'm your host, Jeff Vita. Thanks for listening, and we'll catch you next time here on the Inbound Logistics Podcast.